0: With Back to God Ministries, how's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, beloved, are to never, ever give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Listen, I hear the battle cry. I want to live holy. Lord, show me how. Well, for starters, beloved, we can't be part of this world's satanic culture. Amen. Listen, those of us who are truly born of the spirit of the living God knows how we ought to live beloved trust me i i hear you i i get it you want to live holy but you keep finding yourself slipping and slipping back into sin beloved you got to understand and please get this memo sin is no longer your master it is not It don't have a say unless you give it a say. The one whom you profess to be your personal Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, well, he has defeated on your behalf sin. Therefore, it no longer has dominance And control over you. I hate to bring it to you. But I'm saying this in love. Listen, my hand is the first to be raised. You must put on the new man. You cannot willfully continue to sin against God. We have to, on purpose, decide that no longer will I live a life that is characterized by sin. You have to make that determination, discipline, and we can do it. Why? Because Holy Spirit has been given to us to train us in righteousness, to teach us the Word of God, and lead and direct us. But if you are grieving, Holy Spirit, because you refuse to give up your sins, this process of sanctification is going to be miserable for you. So isn't it a blessing that we have the word of god to go to to find out how we should be living now that we are in christ jesus because beloved it is not living how we once once lived nope i believe a good starting point to give us some insight is Titus chapter two, listen, starting in verse 11, Titus two, for the remarkable undeserved grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Amen. Jesus Christ showed up. So verse 12. Talking about the grace of God, it teaches us to reject ungodliness and worldly and moral desires, and to live sensible, upright, and godly lives, lives with a purpose that reflect spiritual maturity. In this present age. Beloved. Let me just say this. God's grace. Is truly amazing. Not only does it provide. For our salvation. It enables us to live. An abundant life. In Jesus Christ. Amen. Verse 13. Awaiting and confidently expecting the fulfillment of our blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who, verse 14, willingly gave himself to be crucified on our behalf to redeem us and purchase our freedom from all wickedness and to purify for himself a chosen and very special people to be his own possession who are enthusiastic for doing what is good. Amen. So beloved, let us just real quick tap on what is the grace of God. Listen, grace is a constant theme we find in the Bible, and it culminates in the New Testament with the coming of Jesus. John 1, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Amen. And so the word translated grace from the Greek, it means favor, blessing, or kindness. We can all extend grace to others. But when the word grace is used in connection with the Father, it takes on a more powerful meaning. Grace is God choosing to bless us rather than curse us as our sin deserves. It is his benevolence to the undeserving. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. Amen. Beloved, listen. The only way any of us can enter into a relationship with the Father is because of His grace toward us. Grace began in the Garden of Eden when God killed an animal to cover the sin of Adam and Eve. We see this in Genesis 3.21. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife, garments of skins and clothed them. Amen. Listen, he could have killed Adam and Eve right then for their disobedience, but rather than just destroy them, he chose to make a way for them to be right with him. Amen. And listen, that pattern of grace continued. Throughout the Old Testament, when God instituted blood sacrifices as a means to atone for sinful men, it was not the physical blood of those sacrifices, per se, that cleansed sinners. It was the grace of God that forgave them who trusted in him. Look, Hebrews ten four, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Amen. Genesis fifteen six and he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. Amen. Listen, sinful men showed the their faith by offering the sacrifices that God required. The Apostle Paul began many of his letters with the phrase, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We see this in Romans 1 7, Ephesians 1 1, and 1 Corinthians 1 3. So, the Father is the instigator of grace, and it is from Him that all other grace flows. Listen, the Father shows both mercy and grace, but they are not the same. Listen, mercy withholds grace. A punishment we deserve. Grace gives a blessing we don't deserve. In mercy, God chose to cancel our sin debt by sacrificing his perfect son in our place. Amen. Listen, Titus 3, 5. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. But he goes even further than mercy and extends grace to his enemies. Romans 5.10 For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life amen listen the father offers us forgiveness hebrews 8:12 for i will be merciful toward their iniquities and i will remember their sins no more Amen. Ephesians one seven. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Amen. We have reconciliation. Colossians one nineteen to twenty for in him. All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Amen. We also have abundant life. Listen, look at how amazing God's grace is toward us who were enemies of the cross. And yet he extended his grace and mercy. Listen, we have abundant life. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have and have it abundantly amen not to mention eternal treasure luke twelve thirty three. sell your possessions this is jesus was telling the rich young ruler who wanted to know how he can gain eternal life well jesus was trying to to show him and tell him, you got to let go of the world and come follow me. He said, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. Amen. Look at how even more wonderful His grace is. He sent us Holy Spirit. Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Amen. And he also gives us a place in heaven with him someday. All we got to do is look at John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Amen. And we will receive this when we accept his offer and place our faith in his sacrifice. The Lord Jesus Christ, beloved, listen, grace is God given the greatest treasure to the least deserving, which is every last single one of us. Amen. So if we cry out, how do we live holy? Think about this grace. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Listen, we got to put things into perspective. When when you truly appreciate God's amazing grace and what he has done for us when we didn't even deserve it, all of us have sinned and and fall short of the glory of God. All of us, from the time we came from the womb, we were on a crash collision course with death, hell, and the grave. But God, in his love, mercy, kindness, patience, forbearance, sent The Lord Jesus Christ, who willingly died a, a horrific, bloodied, violent, brutal death on our behalf. He became the last lamb to be slain. Jesus willingly laid down his life as a sin offering to appease God's wrath. That was over us. So we got much to be grateful for. This is not about willpower. Because in our own willpower, we are going to fail time and time again. That's why repentance is key. It is all about changing the way you think. If you constantly think on the things of this world, the the pleasures and the treasures that you think you are missing out on, again, you're going to be miserable. Think on God's amazing grace. Think about who he is. He is holy God, creator of the heavens and the earth and the seas, and all that dwell therein. He's the one that will determine where you will spend eternity. In his word, he tells us that the unrighteous will not inherit his kingdom, but that in repentance, we come to Christ to receive forgiveness of our sins. But it must, number one, God has to draw you. Number two, you got to hear the preaching of the gospel. And number three, you got to have a change of mind so that when you hear what all Christ has done for you, it will get you to start thinking, hmm, I don't want to go to hell. Huh? Christ Jesus loved me that much that he endured the suffering of the cross on my behalf. Wow. Well, see, now that got me to thinking. And once you come to Christ, your life will change. You cannot be born again and your life remains the same. Nope. I'm here to tell you. So. We got to pray. We got to pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, thank you so much for your grace. It does teach us how to reject all ungodliness, this way of the world. We should not be part of it any longer and you know what father we love you so much we are going to follow your ways we are eternally forever everlasting grateful for your grace we see in first john 3 7 little children let no one deceive you Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Amen. 1 John two twenty nine. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Amen. Psalm 106, 3. Blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Amen. And Father, we have Romans 5, verses 1 through 5. You tell us, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Amen. So, Father, can't say it enough. Your grace is truly amazing. Thank you, Father, for saving us. Thank you that you have shown us the way to go. So, Father, I ask for wisdom today. Help me to think soberly. Help me and my brothers and sisters to understand all that went down at the cross. So that we are not in the dark. You have not left us clueless. Christ Jesus says he is the light. In John eight twelve, Jesus said I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Amen. And Father, may this light forever be shine in our lives may we be salt and light in the earth may we turn from all sin may we not grieve holy spirit who is teaching us to walk in the spirit so that we may produce fruit of the spirit Bearing good fruit, Father, from your children, it brings you glory. As we remain abiding in Christ Jesus, apart from him, he's right. We can do nothing. Thank you for the pruning and the cutting away of those things that do not please you, but produce bad fruit. Jesus said, we can tell a tree by the fruit that it bears. It is my heart's desire, Father, that your children produce good fruit that is pleasing to you. And when pruning is necessary, prune. We rather get the pruning and the the cutting back and the trimming away of all those things that don't please you, rather than to stand before Jesus on Judgment Day thinking we are about to get into the kingdom when he will say, depart from me, I never knew you. May we not be deceived. Bless your holy name father we give you reverence we worship you this day we lift up clean holy hands we we say praise the lord thank you father for salvation thank you for your grace and your mercy and your loving kindness Thank you, because we were on our way to certain damnation. But God, that's all that needs to be said. But God says everything. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. All right, beloved, so getting back to how you cried out, I want to live holy. Lord, show me how. And we were talking about, well, first things first, right? You must be born again. And then we must come out of this world. So the question is, How can believers be in the world, but not of the world? Because when we read the the word world in the New Testament, in the Greek, it means cosmos. Cosmos most often refers to the inhabited earth and the people who live in the earth. Which functions apart from God. That's what we mean when we say the world, not the, the physical place, but the world, those practices, those standards that goes against Holy God. of which Satan is the ruler of this cosmos this world we see john 1231 yep now is the judgment of this world now will the ruler of this world be cast out and then we have john 1611 concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged and then we have first John 5 19. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Amen. So by the simple definition that the world uh, that the word world refers to a world system ruled by Satan. We can so much more appreciate Christ's claims that believers are no longer of the world. We are no longer ruled by sin. Beloved, I'm telling you, you will be blessed. Study Romans chapter 6. Because you see, a lot of your misery is coming behind you think that sin has dominance over you and that no matter what you do you are going to remain a sinner although you you are in the body of christ you have resigned to the fact that since we are are still in these human bodies all of us are still sinners no beloved You are having an identity crisis. That's what's happening. You still believe that you are a sinner when, in fact, the mindset should be that you are born again. That you have now put on the new man in Christ Jesus and going forward, your life is no longer characterized by sin so no we have not reached sinless perfection however we are on the path to get there by holy spirit by remaining in jesus following him he's the way thank you holy spirit so if you want to know how to get to the father Follow Jesus because he said he is the way and that no one, and he means no one, okay, comes to the father except through him. So to have a life of peace, you're not going to get it from this world. Jesus already said I'm going to give you my peace, not as the world gives it. Oh, please. Okay? That's why you are miserable. I get it. Let me tell you something. When I was claiming the name of Jesus and living in high treason against the one that I claimed saved my wretched soul, I was completely miserable. Why? Because you can't drink from the same cup as the Lord and from demons. You cannot eat from the same table of Satan and Jesus. Noah is not going to work because Jesus says we can't serve two masters. Mm hmm. You can't do it. Either you're going to love the one and hate the other. And vice versa. I'm telling you. I know what it is to want to live holy. Oh, trust. Hear me when I tell you. I wanted to live holy. I'm reading scriptures about holiness. But for some reason, I, I, I just couldn't obtain it. You want to know why? Well, the Lord told me what my problem was once I came to my senses and stopped sinning, once I heard the real gospel, because that prosperity gospel is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, so once I truly, sincerely repented and not take this amazing grace that we have been afforded As a license to sin, I'm telling you, my whole world changed. Oh, yes, yes, and yes, it completely changed. But we got to come out from amongst this world. Listen, we are no longer ruled by sin, nor are we bound by the principles of the world. In addition... We are being changed into the image of Christ, causing our interest in the things of the world to become less and less as we mature in Christ. Beloved, you cannot mature in Christ if you are still watching all that worldly, carnal, lustful television programming. If you are still listening to these Luciferian, satanic music artists, Hollywood starlets, listening to the the whoremongers in Hollywood that tells you that unless you sign this blood contract, you're not going to have fame and fortune, and they actually have master classes to to teach you how to come to Hollywood and be a star just like us. Listen, they actually have reality shows that promote idolatry. That if you join this singing competition, this, this band competition, this modeling competition, well, then you too can be what? A star. And you can have fans and money and clout and celebrity. Don't you want this? Ratings are through the roof. They even have dancing competitions. And what? Nakedness. Have you seen these costumes? They promote sports, gymnastics, swimming, volleyball all of this is done in practically nakedness they are nude in the eyes of god these people are naked walking around in their birthday suits but the world says it's nothing wrong with this volleyball player she she might as well come out there naked naked and so this is what goes on in the world and if we feed on that day in and day out taking in all of this garbage going to the movies watching murders and crimes and people having sex on the on the screen people deceiving one another crime shows thrillers do you not know that over time all of that seed gets planted in you, and then you wonder why you are depressed, and then you wonder why you can't stop sleeping around, and then you wonder why you always got to have a drink every two seconds, because you are watching harlots, drunks, and drug addicts on the TV, up there on the movie screen. Now, they may look beautiful because they have a team. They have a glam squad that makes them look beautiful. But behind closed doors, these people are psychopaths. They are narcissists. These people are murderers for real and in the heart. You're talking about jealousy, rivalry, Competition, your last movie, your last album, you better come up with something greater than that. Otherwise, you are going back down to the bottom of the heap. So, what they do, they pledge their allegiance even more to Satan. And the more that they hail him, the more contracts they get, the more movie deals they get. Beloved, we cannot be part of their crimes. Yes, we must come away from it. Listen, we are in this world, right? Physically, we are present in this world, but not of it, not part of its values. Listen, John 17, 14 to 15 says, I have given them your word. This is Jesus praying to the father. This was right before he was going to the cross. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Amen. Beloved. As believers, as followers of Jesus, we should be set apart from the world. Amen. And this is the meaning of being holy and living a holy, righteous life to be set apart. That's what being holy means. We are not to engage in the sinful activities the world promotes. Nor are we to retain the insipid, corrupt mind that the world creates. Rather, we are to conform ourselves and our minds to that of Jesus Christ. Amen. This is a daily activity and commitment. Listen, Romans. Romans 12 verses 1 through 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen. Listen, we must also understand, okay, that being in the world, but not of it is necessary. If we are to be a light, to those who are in spiritual darkness we are to live in such a way that those outside the faith see our good deeds and our manner and know that there is something different about us we who who have come to Christ who make every effort to live we think and act like those who do not know Christ. Nope. And, and when we act like them, we do Christ a great disservice. That's why when we make every effort to live and think and act like those in the world, We do our Savior a huge, a great, a terrible disservice. Yes, listen. Christ says that by their fruits, you shall know them. We should be exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit within us. Beloved, listen. Being in The world also means we can enjoy the things of the world, such as the beautiful creation God has given us. But we are not, so let's not get this twisted. We are not to immerse ourselves in what the world values, nor are we to chase after worldly pleasures pleasure is no longer our calling in life. I don't know if you realize this cuz this is probably right up there. Your problem because it was my problem. So all this is happening to you, it is common to man. That's how that's how I totally relate That's why the Holy Spirit is making this proclamation. We got to come out from among this world. Our focus is on the wrong things. Trust me, when your complete focus is on Jesus Christ, it will be on what he loves, the harvest. Seeking and recovering in his name, the lost. He needs laborers. Why? The harvest is great. is huge. The problem is no one wants to work for Jesus. People want the grace and the blessing, but no one wants to put themselves out there on the limb for Christ because the world will think you are an Idiot. You up here holding up this sign about repentance, holiness, talking about adultery is when you remarry and you have a living spouse when this world celebrates divorces and remarriages. And, And here you are at one of the busy intersections in your town and you seem to be the fly in everyone's ointment. And here you are calling men to repentance. And they like, you you are an idiot. What you doing out here? Don't you got something else better to do? No, I don't. And it will behoove you, Miss Missy. Want to throw up the middle finger? To repent. So, beloved, there is much to do. See, the focus is on the wrong thing. Pleasure is no longer our calling in life as it once was, but rather the worship of God. Amen. And so, with that being said, beloved, the question, the second question, becomes well, then, how do I live a holy life? Well, Let's talk about that. Okay. Now that we see that how amazing God's grace is, because He could have just done away with this world after the garden, after the flood. Now that we know how much appreciative we better start being about God's grace, then we know. In order to not drive ourselves crazy, we are not to grieve the spirit of grace, Holy Spirit. We are not to grieve him when he is directing and guiding and pointing us to Jesus and his wholesome teachings. But we rather go after these wolves and sheep's clothing up in these apostate churches because they don't belong to Christ. They have broken themselves off from the vine. They have fallen from grace. Now they went out and started a whole denominational church. They they teach in direct opposition to Christ. Beloved, listen, you can't break away from Christ and still keep his wholesome teachings because apparently they had a problem with Jesus' teachings. And those who are in the body of Christ was telling so-and-so, you're going the wrong way. That's not what Jesus taught. He taught this. But you say no because you believe that It really means this, because you went off to seminary school, by the way, Christ is not in these seminary schools that was created by men. That's another one of their traditions that if you want, thank you, Holy Spirit, that if you want a position in these denominational church well, you better come with some accreditation, you better come with some criteria that you know scripture. And you better have a degree to back it up. When all we really need is Holy Spirit, he's the teacher. And so they went off ahead because they got into disagreements over the word of God. Because see, now they got a whole nother interpretation. Satan done whispered some craziness in. In their ears, a whole nother false doctrine. And then what they started to do, twist scriptures. And the bona fide elders of the church was like, look, listen, okay, that's not what Christ taught. Well, yes, it is, because see, I believe, you know, because I I went to a seminary, and and you can't tell me this is what he meant. And then they want to pull on all these other men and women of the faith that has long died and just start pulling out all of this rhetoric, and it's a mess. And so they figured, well, I'm gonna go off and start my own church and teach what I believe this to mean. And then they go off, start a whole nother denomination, give it a name, and now start to teach, twist it, taken out of context scriptures and and have and have teachings as doctrine. And this is where we get into a whole lot of trouble up in these apostate churches because they teach as doctrine their teachings and their commandments. Over time, people who go to these various apostate churches, name them Catholics, Scientology, Charismatics, Protestant, Lutheran, Mormons, this, that, and everything else. And they all have different beliefs. None of of them are on one full accord. Before I get off into a whole nother teaching about how sinful denominations are, if you scroll through this podcast, by the grace of God... We covered just how damnable that is. And so, back to the question on the floor. Okay, with all of that being said, how can I live a holy life? Because I was saying, appreciate God's grace, walk in the ways of the Spirit, come out from amongst these false teachers with all of their destructive heresies, and be committed To Jesus. So we got to understand what holy means because a lot of people have different interpretations of what holy means. Well, to be holy means to be set apart or separate from sin and evil. We know God is holy completely separate from everything that is evil we see this in first john 1 5 this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that god is light and in him is no darkness at all amen listen the father calls us to be holy just as he is holy listen First Peter one sixteen is actually quoting Leviticus nineteen two. Listen, First Peter one sixteen says, "Since it since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy." Amen. And Peter was. Pulling on Leviticus nineteen two, listen, it says, speak to all the speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and, and say to them, you shall be holy for I, the Lord, your God am holy. Amen. Beloved, listen, it is, it is vital to understand that apart from God, this is impossible. We must have the Holy Spirit indwelling us and filling us with His holiness. We can only live a holy life through through the power of the Spirit. Thus, the first step to living a holy life is to accept Jesus as Savior. And beloved, I know. You say, but yeah. I've accepted Jesus as Savior. Well, guess what? I don't know if you realize this, but two things goes hand in hand. If we have a false church system, right, that apostate church that have broken themselves off from the real Jesus Christ, well, then what Jesus do you think they are preaching about? Because they're not preaching the one that they fallen away from, they are preaching a fake Jesus because that Jesus goes along with their program that you can live however you want and you will still get to go to heaven. They have y'all, part because they had me too, participating in the false doctrine of tithing and sowing money seed. They teach that, How to be godly and to gain God's favor is to give him money. Therefore, he will bless you with all the material possessions your little heart desires. You will never be sick. Everything in your life will be hunky-dory as long as you bring God the money. And then they will go into the Old Testament, pull out cherry pick, twist it, taken out of context scriptures to beat you in the head as if the law was given to us Gentiles that we must keep. They pull out from the law, 613 of those laws, they pull out about tithing as if we had to keep those laws. So I get it all, all of the misunderstanding and the confusion around whether or not we got to keep the law of Moses. Well, Holy Spirit gave me this inspired thought because there are debates on both sides. All we got to do is read the New Testament to see that how the law was not given to Gentiles. So I'm starting to think then what's the fight? What's the confusion about whether or not we got to keep it or not? We see the apostles making reference to the law saying that the law does not justify anyone. These men lived up under the law, but once Christ came and died and went to the cross and ascended back to heaven, the law is not our master. We don't follow the law. We know about the law because we are reading about the law. If you got the Bible, then you read the Old Testament. No, Gentiles, that's us. You are not a Jew. And I know you got a whole sect, a whole cult, Torah keepers, Torah observers, who claim that in order for you to be truly born again, you must Sabbath keep. You must keep the Ten Commandments. You must do all these things up under the law to prove that you are really born again. Because grace alone is not sufficient. It gives people a license to sin. Therefore, we need something stronger to keep us in line. And this is their rationale and thinking. On one hand, not that I'm giving them any credence. But when they say, well, people take God's grace as a license to sin. Well, that part is true because we do see it. Nonetheless, we are not bound by the law because Jesus said when we keep his commandments, because he gave us two, that tells us how the law hangs on these two commandments that what he what he told us to love God with our whole hearts, souls, minds, and strength, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. He said on these two commandments, hang all the law and all the writings of the prophets. Hang on those two law, meaning if you keep them too, you automatically by default keep the law. And not only that... All of this arguing and debating and teaching going back and forth is really moot. If you ask me, if it wasn't given to us, why are we even bickering about whether or not we got to keep it? No, we move on in Christ and his teachings and of the apostles. So that kind of like just shut it down for me. Why all this going back and forth about something that doesn't pertain to us, wasn't given to us to keep in the first place? Listen, all you gotta do is study the New Testament. It talks uh Paul talks about how Gentiles did not know our God. Listen, study Acts 17. When 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 he was speaking to those philosophers at the Areopagus, they had statues of all these gods, all these false gods. And then they had a statue, I guess like a, a placard, dedicated to an, an unknown god that if they miss one, well, he got a spot right there. So if, if you read that, you, you get the understanding In that and in other places that Gentiles did not have that covenant with God as Israel did. So not to jump off into that. Listen, once we have taken the step of salvation, we are declared righteous. We see this in Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God, God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, we can only live a holy life through the power of the Spirit. The first step to living a holy life is to accept Jesus as Savior. Yeah. Are you truly born again? Right before I got off on that bunny trail, are you serving the real Jesus Christ? The one who said, unless you repent, you too shall all likewise perish. If you are not being preached that Jesus, then something is wrong. Are you being preached? A feel good Jesus. That all he wants for you is to be encouraged. All he wants for you to to live your best Gucci, Chanel, Tesla, Fendi life. That's not the real Jesus Christ. Nope. So listen. What does it look like to, to be actually righteous? To live a holy life? Well... In 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 to 8, Paul was emphasizing sexual purity as part of holy living. Listen to verses 3 to 5. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. Amen. Here we go with yet another scriptures, uh, another scripture because pagans, AKA Gentiles. Paul is telling us here, Who do not know God. If they knew God. Then they would know his ways. I keep telling you. All we got to do is read. So for anybody to put you back up under the law. For any reason. Any reason. They are to be shunned. They are to be. You need to withdraw yourself, grab your hat, grab your coat. Don't forget your money and run, run, beloved. I'm telling you, we are not making this stuff up. We, we were just speaking about how the Gentiles, the heathen, the pagans did not know God. And here we go. First, there's hmm, first Thessalonians four verses three to five. Is telling us, like the pagans, comma, who do not know God. Amen. So, beyond avoiding sexual immorality and keeping sex within God's design for marriage, we can live a holy life by being obedient to God in all areas of life. All of it. Listen. First Peter 1. Verses 14 to 16, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, verse 16, you shall be holy for I am holy. Amen. Listen, knowing and obeying God's word is key, beloved. Listen, John 17, 17. Jesus, as he was praying to the father said, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Listen, hiding God's word in our hearts keeps us from sin. hmm. Psalm one nineteen eleven. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you amen beloved I pray that you are writing some of these keys down this is how we live holy we keep the word of God in our hearts you got to understand the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom First Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. We better know those sins that will keep us out of heaven. Listen, when we live in obedience to God, we are staying separate from evil. We are, in fact, offering our bodies as living sacrifices to God. We've already read Romans twelve one through 2. If you didn't know this, there, there is a purpose of living a holy life. It is to glorify our Heavenly Father and display His nature to those around us. Listen, Matthew five sixteen. In the same way, let your light shine before others. So that they may see your good works. And give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Amen. Beloved, listen. Living a holy life of obedience to God. Is living in true freedom. From the bondage of sin. I'm telling y'all. I'm so in love with Romans 6. Listen to verse 6 of Romans 6. We know that our old self, right, was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Amen. We are no longer slaves to sin. So stop sounding and acting like you are a slave. Amen. Where is your faith? Listen, I must bring us over here to 1 John 2, verse 4. Listen, if someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. Amen. Listen, commentary real quick. 1 John 2, verses 1 through 6 both encourages and warns Christians about sin. John reassures his readers that when a saved believer sins, Christ will plead our case with God. Jesus is our substitute, taking the punishment for our sins. At the same time, John warns that those who claim to know Christ yet disobey him or lying to themselves and others. Anyone who claims to have fellowship with Christ should live as if that is true. Amen. Yeah, beloved. If we are talking, then we got to be walking. Mm-hmm. Listen, it's not always easy to choose obedience to God, especially if we are trying to do it on our own. Satan would love nothing more than to bring us back into bondage through disobedience. But we have the promise, 1 John 4, 4, you dear children are from God. And have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Amen. Listen, the Holy Spirit will produce Christ likeness in us. And as we yield to him, we can live a holy life. Listen, Paul said it. Galatians five sixteen. but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Beloved, I pray that you are listening to what the Holy Spirit is telling us, because listen, here is the mindset we should have. Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Romans 6, 11. Listen, anytime we face temptation, we should say, I'm dead to that. That was part of my old life. I am a new creation in Christ. Amen. Listen, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation the old has passed away. Behold, that means look and look at this. The new has come. Amen. So to live a holy life, to separate ourselves from sin, we must see ourselves as God does, as born again children of the Most High, clothed with the righteousness of christ amen thank you holy spirit we can we cannot any longer see ourselves as filthy sinners we all sin we all got something so you mean to tell me you don't sin No. you want to know what i'm doing i am striving to enter through the narrow door I am, and many of us follow Jesus. We listen, we follow, and we obey. Are we perfected? No. Can we and have we missed the mark here and there? Yep. But our lives are not centered and characterized by willful, blatant, deliberate, in your face, Jesus, I don't care about the grace, I'm taking it as a license to sin, sin, no, that life right there, no, we ain't living that, we are pulling ourselves closer and closer to the Father, Coming away from this world, if any lustful thoughts starts to creep in, well, we cast it down and we submit, we surrender all to God. We resist. This this is what we do. So we don't fall back into willful sin. Yes, we get lustful thoughts. Yes, the flesh still wants to do things that we know God does not approve, but we have a will that says, you know what? No, I'm born again. I'm not doing that. I'm not. Especially when we know Lake of Fire is waiting for those who think they can take God's grace as a license to sin, to live however they want. They can Continue to smoke weed, drink like a drunkard, sleep around, not come out of these adulterous remarriages, still living a lifestyle of a, of a staunch sinner man, sinner woman. But you claim Jesus though. Well, yeah, but you know, this world, this flesh is impossible to do so. I keep telling y'all on the podcast, we would have a claim if the Lord did not send us Holy Spirit. Do you not know all of this will come up on judgment day? We won't have nothing to say. Nothing, no excuse, no defense no rationale, nothing, no, Mm-mm. and I believe you won't even have a thought to even think about trying to defend yourself when the evidence will be clear, what evidence Cynthia, well the books, what books, have you not read Revelation 20 verse 12, John was telling us about these books, let's go to it, he said, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Do you not know that when Jesus returns, he will have his reward And he will give to every last single person according to the fruit of his doings and according to his ways. Yeah, so whether those ways be evil or righteous, we will give an account for the way we live. So that keeps it all in perspective. That's why When Jesus says, no, that's a sin, we say, you right, Lord, and we stay away from it. But if we do sin, when we miss the mark, to the glory of God, we have an advocate in heaven, Jesus Christ. He will go to the Father and plead on our behalf that we are in him. His blood covers us. And God is faithful. He will forgive us of our sins when we confess and continue to live a life of repentance. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So when we take that, like, well, shoot, well, then I got this in the bag. All I got to do is confess and and he, he must forgive me. And then you turn around and go right back out Excuse me. Into sin. Do you not know that God knows exactly what we're doing? It's not going to fly. Beloved. Listen. In closing. Okay. Remember. We are called to encourage one another. Why? Because we know the day approaches when our Lord and Savior will be turned. Listen. As brothers and sisters in the Lord, we must keep each other accountable, encouraging one another to do good, to live holy, to live righteous, to not go back out into sin. Because Hebrews 10, 26 tells us about the consequences of if we deliberately keep on sinning. Our only expectation is not of the kingdom of God, beloved. It is fiery judgment. That's what you can expect. That if you who say Jesus is your Lord and Savior and yet you don't obey him. Well, how could it be that your expectation is well done, my good and faithful servant? No. Hebrews 10 26 says that your expectation is fiery judgment. That's what we can expect. So remember this as I let y'all go, okay? We are not trying to live a holy life in order to earn salvation. Yes, I got to keep making that distinction. Living a holy life is a natural outgrowth of being saved by God's grace and filled with his spirit. It is also important, beloved, to not give up when we mess up, when we fail. Our response should be to confess the sin and keep moving forward in righteousness in our walk with the Lord. Romans 8, 1 says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. God's grace doesn't go away when we make mistakes. On the same token, we don't take that as a license, meaning that we can just take that put First John 1, 9 in the back pocket as if it's some get out of jail card. And when you are living a life willfully immersed in sin, and then you want to pull out, well, you know what, God, I confess, I repent. And then you write back in it. Listen, we know the struggle is real, right? But... We must have a change of mind because, beloved, at the end of the day, this all boils down to faith. If you believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then live a life that reflects that. Where is your faith? Is impossible to please God without it. I don't know if you realize this or not, but his word says that without faith is impossible. That how you was a fallen down, drunken crackhead, a prostitute. You was a thief and a murderer in your heart, but God, sent one of his laborers across your path and preach you the gospel. Do you think that it will bring him glory if you continue to live that way? No. See, again, the mindset, you must think differently. That's how we are going to overcome. You got to realize, first and foremost, Christ Jesus died for us. Number two, God's wrath is no longer on us. Number three, we must walk by faith and not by sight. We must remain in Jesus attached as a branch to the vine. We must not make provision for the flesh. Listen, we ain't got no business dealing with sin. Not at all. We ain't got no business being around people, watching things, indulging in activities that will bring reproach on the name that saved our wretched souls. Listen, your life must change and it will. Holy Spirit, if you are truly born again, you ask the Father for his Holy Spirit, he will send him. That's the promise. He will send him. And once Holy Spirit gets in you, trust and believe, he starts cleaning house. Everybody got to go. <laughs> I'm telling you what I know. Everybody, everything, every lustful desire got to go. Why? Greater is he that is in me than he that is out in the world. And I'm telling you, all what this world has to offer... The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, guess what? It won't appeal to you so much like it did before. Slowly but surely, you start snapping off the TV. You ain't watching this, and what you do watch, it is filtered. The Holy Spirit in you be like, nah, we ain't watching that. After about like 10, 15 seconds, nah, we ain't watching that. This person is taking the Lord's name in vain. She don't know how to cover up her body. This guy over here, all he talks about is success, success, success. He claims he's coming in the name of Jesus, but he keeps pointing you to the Bentleys and the and the the ten bedroom homes and your. And your destiny, your destiny, your destiny is that you are a king's kid and you deserve to drive the best, live in the best homes, have the best clothes, have the best of the best of the best. No, we watch none of these false prophets. So, we must carefully look over our lives and allow discernment to say no we can't as much as we may want to get the tea about what this person is talking about it's gossip it's gossip because i'm telling you once you start eating from the table of demons you are going to be sliding backwards walking backwards Going crazy in the meantime. I'm telling you, we do not want to open up any doors. any Anything that will give Satan, our adversary, a foothold. To get us back to walking in disobedience. Beloved, I'm telling you, this is why you are having a hard time with this. Is because we keep giving Satan access to our lives. We do have a free moral agency. To believe in Christ or not. To choose the way of righteousness or not. What are you choosing this day? Just like the Lord told Israel... Choose this day, whether it's going to be blessings or cursings, life or death. And Jesus is telling us the same thing when he says to strive to enter through the narrow gate. He is that narrow door. And yes, few will find him. You want to know why? Because of the broad way, the world, that that satanic world system. They say, oh, there is many ways to God. You can get to God through Buddha, Hindu, New Age, Scientology, Islam, Baptist, Pentecostal, all of that mess. Wicca, pagan, no, only Jesus. Right, Holy Spirit. And that's why he said few will be on this road, meaning few will find him because they rather have the world and that broad way cuz see over there there is no accountability to righteousness they say well as long as you are a good person when you die karma and and you will come back as as a butterfly how you live this life is how you will will return and all of this mess now Ain't no such thing as reincarnation because the Lord told us, Hebrews 9, 27, we get but one life. And after this, the judgment. Yes, beloved. It is all about what Jesus said. We cannot love anyone more than we love him. He already told us. What shall it profit a man to gain this whole world? Pleasures, treasures, fame, success, wealth, only to die and lose your soul. He was like, what will you exchange for your soul? Because many have exchanged a whole lot for their souls. Look at Hollywood. Look at all of these stars. Do you not know? And I don't care if they say, well, I give thanks to God for this graven image. The God they are talking about is not the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob they are talking about their God Satan. Never rarely do you ever hear them say I give thanks to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and those who have said that what happened they cut the feed. I'm telling you I don't I don't know what it was some some Ministry was 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 highlighting this fact. And one of them, I don't know if it was a, a, a sport athlete or someone was saying about Lord Jesus Christ and they cut the feed and the, the anchor person knew exactly why the feed was cut and tried to play it off like, hmm, we seem to have lost connection. You you know, you got, you got the airpiece. You heard them say, uh-uh, cut it, cut it, cut it. Why? Jesus. This world hates Jesus. So anybody that goes on Satan's programming highlighting Jesus, you're not going to get a call back. You're not going to get another album. You're not going to get another contract. You, you can't forget all the contacts. Contacts. No one is calling you. You will... As they say in the world, shrivel up and die somewhere, you will be a one-hit wonder. You come to this world preaching Jesus Christ, the real Jesus Christ, you can hang up your fame and rightly so, come out from amongst this world anyway. If you are truly born again, there is no such thing as a Christian actor. There is no such thing as a Christian athlete, nor model, model, no other politician. Anyone who has signed a contract with this world and pledged allegiance to Satan is not of Christ. Many have said, I've heard many athletes and actors and and actresses claiming they are Christian. Well, shoot, even Oprah claims to be a Christian. No, beloved. Listen, they can have their fake Christianity all they want. I pray that they do repent because it's not going to work out for anyone who is not in Christ, who who has not sincerely repented and received salvation by God's grace and their lives will be reflective of the grace of God that shows up, that teaches us to reject all ungodliness and immoral, lustful desires. That's how good God's grace is. It teaches us how to be holy because the command has gone out, be holy as he is holy and is doable because he gives us his grace. He gives us his Holy Spirit and he gives us other believers who are of the same mind. That's why we don't forsake meeting up with each other, talking with each other, whether it be by email, in person, whatever. we keep each other on point. So so we don't fall into deception and sin and be back on that broad way. It is not so that we can go up in these apostate churches and be fed twisted scriptures that if you don't come to church, you are damned and on your way to hell. These wolves want you to come to church so you can continue to fund their lavish lifestyles. Don't believe the hype, beloved. So there we have that. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we thank you for 2 Timothy 2 21 to 22. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Amen. Father, we know obedient living leads to holy living and it all comes down to a choice. It requires choosing to run away from things that are not pleasing to you and choosing to run full stride toward those things that are on your heart. When we do this, Father, You transform us from the inside out and you use us to reflect your love to this sin-sick, dying world around us. How great is our God. How great is our God. How great is our God. You are awesome, magnificent, We give you glory, we give you honor. Hallowed be thy holy, righteous, wonderful, matchless name, who sent us his one and only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that when we place our faith and trust in him, we have right standing with you, Father. How great! Thou art. Bless you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. All right, beloved. So there we have that. You want to live holy? Well, the Holy Spirit just showed us how. Amen. Amen. And Lord willing, until next time, repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Bad company. Listen, Paul said, do not be deceived. Bad company will always corrupt good morals. Come to your senses as you ought to and stop sinning. Why? Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. Listen, real quick. If we continue to sow to these nasty, stinking flesh, well, from this flesh, we will reap eternal destruction. So keep that in mind. Amen. Amen. And Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now.